0: Save your seat now at growandemaiallist.com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Only three to 5% of your audience even sees what you're posting. And so you've got to share and reshare and share again and stay committed to that. Put on your publicist hat, get out there and market your gifts to the world. All right. Let's be honest. So most people don't start their own businesses with an idea for seven different ways to bring an income. Like typically when you get started, you focus on one core offer product or service that you're super passionate about. And then you set out to become a master of it. Now, I remember the first time I heard the stat that millionaires have on average seven different streams of income. At the time I had one, maybe two, But I was really, really excited to set out and try to get eight just to see if I could stretch myself and get creative with ways that I was bringing in money. I mean, I'm an overachiever. I'm a three on the Enneagram. Of course, I wanted to get eight. So when I first started my photography business, it was just that. Like I was solely a photographer. I took photos of weddings and that was it. And I was in the business of trading time for money. But honestly, I really didn't care because I was doing what I loved and I couldn't believe that I was getting paid to do it. But then over time, I eventually added on a way for clients to order photo prints or albums through me. And then I used an entirely different set of creative skills and eventually launched a watercolor print shop on Society6 where people could purchase my artwork. That was actually my first taste of truly passive income. I painted something once, I scanned it, uploaded it, and then I cashed the checks each month. And honestly, after that experience, I was hooked. My brain reeled with other ways to maximize my time and to find opportunities to do something once, but get long-term results. And it was then that I entered the digital course space and learned everything I possibly could on how to get other people results through curriculum that I could sell on demand. Like this idea of doing something once, but making a bigger impact and being able to bring in income without having to scale my time or energy was addicting. Now, as entrepreneurs, it's not just important for your bottom line to diversify your income. It's important for your livelihood and the security of your future. If you have one income stream and the world shifts like it has or demand happens to disappear or your offer stops performing as well, you could be in big trouble. But if you're able to create and have several or even just a couple of revenue streams that are working for you, some passive, some active, some more significant than others, you're going to have plenty of backup options to rely on and to keep your finances healthy long term. So whether you sell a product or a service, or you have a digital offer, I want to help you think outside of the box today to start working on additional offers or ways to boost your income as an entrepreneur. If you stay until the end, I'll be sharing the four main ways to produce more income and opportunities that you might never have considered. So are you ready? Let's dive on in. Have you ever wished you had an on demand mentor that could provide advice on how to improve your customer experience or scale your business? Well, HubSpot's got you covered. Introducing the HubSpot Podcast Network, it's a one stop audio destination for business professionals looking for education and inspiration on how to grow better. With access to a collection of marketing, sales, service, and operations shows, you'll have all the information you need as your company goes from startup to scale up and beyond. Listen, learn, and grow with the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com podcastnetwork podcast network. So first, let's start with talking about the importance of a client's experience and this term called value ladders. Have you ever heard of value ladders before? Here's how an article from Medium describes them. A value ladder is where you gain a customer when they purchase an entry-level inexpensive product. Then, as you build a relationship with that customer and gain their trust, you can introduce more valuable and more expensive products. So essentially, you're basically just taking your customers on a journey and imagining their future needs. When I visualize a value ladder, I kind of picture a set of stairs and you're starting someone out at the lowest step and then consistently extending invitations for them to take that next step with you. Generally speaking, as they climb each step, the investment is greater, but so is their return. Now, not every single client will be ready or willing to climb the steps, but knowing that they at least have an invitation or a possible next step is your job as you create a powerful value ladder. So I personally believe the best place to start is in getting someone results for free through what you create, whether it's a freebie that they can opt in for or give you their email address for or a podcast episode like this one or a video or even just an informative post. But starting the value ladder out from a place of service is the best place to begin to build that trust. As a wedding photographer, this showed up in the packages available to my clients. So the bottom step was the introductory offer, which was shorter shooting hours, no add-ons, and then each step up, upped the delivery on my end and the extras, like they could get an engagement session or a second shooter albums or prints or extra wedding coverage. And this was a great method in pricing your products and services. And it also gives you this opportunity to add on extras or upsell your clients to increase your income as you build up that relationship and understand their needs at a bigger level. So beyond the service industry, this idea is super prevalent with the digital space. The other day, one of my guy friends messaged me to ask me to review his current offers. And I realized that he either had lower ticket priced courses or super, super expensive masterminds. So I drew him out this picture of the ladder or the stairs, and I showed him the gap in his, the people he was unintentionally leaving out or missing because his offers were worlds apart. And people are probably not going to be ready to go from a $200 course to a $20,000 mastermind. So my challenge for him was to create opportunities to guide people from the course to that high ticket mastermind with mid-range offers that get them results and continue to build steps towards that premium offer. Now, one final example was something I noticed the other day when I got a new cell phone after Kogo's brand new water bottle spilled all over mine and ruined my screen. Long story, but... I got this new phone and then they wanted to upgrade it. And then they wanted to add on more storage. And then they wanted to throw in a screen protector and extra charger and a case. And they had all of these products as a part of their sales pitch and the woman continued to upsell me. And honestly, it was really fascinating being a consumer because I'm thinking the entire time I'm like dissecting their sales practices. I'm visualizing their value ladder in my brain. I'm thinking about her commission structure and the sales just continued. Like it it was so smooth. It would have been really easy to like miss all of the extra add-ons, but I was paying attention. And what's so interesting is you can see how there are different levels of investment for your target audience, as well as different levels of products, support, education, and insight based on each person's individual needs. Someone who needs way more support and has a budget can opt into the highest level offer. Well, most people who just want to test the waters or get started will start with that entry level product and then choose to move up the ladder slowly if they need or want to. So ideally, the least expensive product or service will give them some sort of sampling of what it is that you have to offer. It's kind of like a bite-sized taste, just enough to give them value and a quick result, but not the whole enchilada with the fixings that will take their business or their life to the next level. And then if they want all of that, and then some, they'll need to invest in the next step, your mid-level offer. And if they want even more after that, then they'll invest in your most premium high dollar offer. And it's really interesting too, because... One of the things that I've known for years is that I am missing out on income opportunities because I refuse to create those higher ticket offers. Years ago, I did a high ticket mastermind. I loved it. I was actually just speaking with one of my mastermind girls and it was an amazing experience, but it took up a lot of time and energy from me. And so what's interesting is like right now I can say that my value ladder isn't great. I have a lot of courses ranging from 197 to 497 in terms of price point, but I don't have any opportunities beyond that, whether it be group coaching, one-on-one mentorship or a mastermind. And right now in this season of my life, I'm just saying, I understand that there's a gap there and that there's an opportunity there, but it's just not compelling enough for me to take it. And it doesn't necessarily fit with what my idea of success looks like in my life right now. So as I'm preaching this, I'm also recognizing like, hey, (laughs) your value ladder could definitely use some work. But I think it's something to be thinking about as an entrepreneur, no matter what industry you're in. Because value ladders don't just mean you have to have like three offers and then you're done. You can have several entry, mid-level and premium offers that can meet different needs that your clientele are facing. But as you get started diversifying your income, a good place to start is figuring out three. So like, what is your lowest tier? What is your middle tier? And then what is that premium offer? And how can you guide that journey and that experience? Because so much of the effectiveness of a value ladder is based on that relationship. And something to think about too is that when you focus on creating a really awesome value ladder, you're maintaining that customer relationship. Their lifetime value is going up. And we all know that it is way easier and more cost. Cost effective to keep a customer than to constantly being going out and getting new ones. So think about a value ladder and that client experience and imagine ways that you can expand that as your first step to figuring out new ways to bring in more income. So next, you might wanna consider offering some sort of product or merchandise to accompany your offer. So whether you have a loyal and engaged Instagram following or a super active email list or diehard podcast or YouTube subscribers, there are several different opportunities to create merchandise or products for brand loyalists. My first taste at doing something like this was when I launched that print shop back on Society6. This was years ago. And basically what I did is I uploaded the art, And then they do all of the printing and payment processing and fulfillment. So I could see prints and mugs and shirts and blankets and pillows and shower curtains, like you name it. They can probably print whatever you upload onto a surface. And the funny thing about my print shop is that I actually started painting as a means to step away from business. So it was in this season where I was very stressed out as a wedding photographer. I was nearing burnout. I was like, I need to do something just creative to feel creative again And then it turned into a business and it was never my intention or plan, but that transition and that transformation and turning it into a business totally transformed the way that I look at passive income opportunities. And so while my print shop was this deviation from my job as a photographer, I marketed it and shared about it on my channels, which at the time were pretty small and people purchased my work. I remember the first time I woke up and I saw someone had ordered something while I was sleeping and having that feeling of like understanding, oh my gosh, you actually can make money while you sleep. And I also remember when my monthly checks got large enough to cover our mortgage and seeing just how powerful extending my brand into a new space could be. You know, not everyone that bought a $15 mug would become a multiple thousand dollar wedding client. And if I was only having a business that was serving brides and grooms in the Midwest, looking to plan a wedding in the next year, needing a wedding photographer, the amount of people that I could reach was really small. But when I started sharing about funny prints and cute sayings and beautiful floral mugs or phone cases, it really expanded who I could reach with my audience. And it kind of opened the doors in the sense of a value ladder where someone could invest in something that was a low ticket item. And so I kind of loved that. And the funny thing is, is a lot of times people don't think about products. If you're in a service-based business, you kind of forget about products, but whether you create related merchandise to extend a brand that you already have, or you start a new division of your brand, creating a product or some sort of merchandise where the fulfillment piece is covered for you could be a super great option. Now, because they did all of the payment processing and fulfillment and printing, the margins were very small. But at the same point, I didn't really have to invest anything other than the time that it took to create that print. There wasn't a lot of risk. I just uploaded it and then maybe it would sell, maybe it didn't. But at the time, I didn't want to have to carry an inventory and go to the post office every day. So you got to weigh out where your time and energy fits into what you're thinking of expanding into. Now, another thing that I did is I created our gold bar necklaces. So I have two necklaces for sale. One is I am enough. And then the other one is I am worthy. And they sold out time and time again. Like I couldn't keep inventory in. And while those necklaces didn't necessarily correlate with any specific part of my brand, it was something that my audience wanted. They loved, they wear it. It's something that I personally wear and my family wears. And these gold necklaces are available right now. If you want to just check them out to see what I'm talking about at shopjennakutcher.com, that's shopjennakutcher.com, you can see them. And while we manage ordering inventory and shipping, it's not as passive as my print shop was, but it's a super fun way to introduce a physical product into my brand and also to just kind of expand my offers. Now, if you do do merchandise or things like that, it doesn't always have to be clothes or accessories. Look at what your audience is into and what they'd actually find fun or useful. It could be all kinds of things from stickers to pens, notebooks or journals to water bottles, magnets, koozies, sunglasses. The options are literally endless. So try surveying your audience on social media or in an email to see what they would be most interested in purchasing. And another fun way to test it is to get a sample created of something that you might be creating and just see what the response is. I wore my necklace for months before we sold them and people would ask me about it all the time. And that was just a good indication that, Hey, you might be moving in the right direction. So the next income opportunity to create are upsells and downsells for your products or services. When someone is buying from you, do you have any extra add-ons that they can easily purchase at the same time? So let's start with the topic of upsells. This is where you add on an additional offer at the time of purchase. So this could come in the form of an extra product, a suggested offer they might enjoy, a list of other recommended products to complement their purchase. Like the opportunities here are endless. And this is merely just you suggesting an additional thing that they might enjoy. Now, this doesn't just apply to digital or product offers. This tactic is just as important for service-based businesses as it is for product-based businesses. It could be as simple as when someone is checking out, you could have a pop-up that says, do you also need this product? Like right now, this week, we were doing a launch and we were selling my program, the Pinterest lab. And we have an upsell where people can add on an additional program called the Content Lab and it's at 50% off. So it's literally being sold at half price and they can make that decision at time of purchase. We've generated an extra $10,000 in upsell revenue because not only are we connecting people with an additional product that will complement the product that they're buying, but we're also giving it at a steep discount that makes them want to take action right away. So let's say maybe you sell handmade candles. An easy upsell opportunity at checkout could be offering a box of branded matches or an amazingly scented room spray for someone to add to their cart for just an extra few bucks. Or maybe you're a service provider. Let's say you're a social media manager. When someone inquires about working with you, a part of your booking process could be saying, hey, my services cost $500 a month and I can throw in my super helpful social media content planner PDF for just $20 if you join in this first month. You can also tack on additional services. So let's just say you're a copywriter and someone is wanting to hire you to write their website copy. As you're discussing the details of the job, you could also throw in that you could help with their ongoing blog content for X amount of dollars per month you're basically just exposing them to extra invitations that are aligned with what they're already saying or showing you that they want. And it's a really easy yes or no. It it doesn't feel like this pressure tactic. It's more of just a suggestion and an invitation. And upsells can be a super easy way to increase your revenue per customer while also extending that customer's experience with you, your products, or your services. Do you use a customer relationship management platform in your business? A CRM for short, not quite sure what that is or why you would need one. Well, I've got you covered. A CRM platform like HubSpot helps you align and manage customer interactions with your business so you can deliver consistently great customer journeys that drive growth and lifetime loyalty. With HubSpot as your CRM, you can install live chat on your website so you can get in touch with potential new clients and customers directly. You can allow these potential new clients to book meetings with you, which would be great if you're a coach or a podcaster. And HubSpot also enables you to access the full history of each customer's experience with your business so that you can have more informed conversations with potential clients and current customers and build personalized content. One of my biggest predictions for new marketing trends is definitely more personalized content and messaging. So knowing the full timeline of each customer's relationship with your business will be key to serving them the right content, offers, and messaging at the right time. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. So then let's talk about what a downsell is. So you typically do a downsell after someone has not made a purchasing decision, i.e. they didn't buy something. So for example, after a cart closes on a course launch, if someone was interested but ultimately didn't end up purchasing the program, can you ask yourself, is there another offer that's maybe more reasonable but still aligned in getting them results in an area that they've expressed they're interested in? So this is where you could extend a downsell for non-purchasers. This allows someone to become a paying customer, even if they're not ready for the main offer that you have. And it gives you time to build up that trust and get them results at a lower price point. So can you see how both products and services can utilize things like add-ons, upsells, and downsells? Most upsells happen at the point of purchase when a buyer is most likely to add on products. Like, does anyone else add on products just to get free shipping? It's like, I don't I don't know why my brain can't compute. Like, adding a $30 shirt is still going to cost you $30, even if you're saving $10 on shipping. I get it, but I do it all the time. But here's the thing, you can also offer upsells after the customer has been given time to enjoy their purchase. So you've got to kind of look at like, what is a customer's experience? When will they have gotten results? When would be the adequate time to reach out with that next step or invitation? So you can share an upsell through an email sequence, a time promotion, or an extra recommendation. My best advice for upsells is to make the offer enticing, make it complimentary of their purchase, and make it discounted so it feels special and more time sensitive. If there is an expiring discount on it, people are way more likely to take advantage than if it's just an extra product being suggested that they could buy at any time. So regardless, The point here is to make sure that you have a good follow-up for your clients and customers, because at the heart of all of this is giving them a memorable experience. The cool thing about all of these tactics and ideas and ways to boost your income is that it's rooted in the customer's experience. It's thinking through their journey, their path, anticipating their needs before they can even express them. And it's super important to consider this because it's way easier to retain and sell to past customers again than it is to go out and recruit new ones. So listen to this. According to Forbes, increasing your customer retention rates by just 5% can increase your profits by 25 to 95%. Let me say that again, because it's just insane. Increasing your customer retention rates by just 5% can increase your profits by 25 to 95%. So when you're considering ways to boost your income as an entrepreneur, do not discount the value of simply working to retain past purchasers and people that you've worked with do not let a new client go underserved send follow-up emails to see how they enjoyed their product and if they need anything else reach out to see how else you can serve them or if they need anything else from you or if they have any questions put a reminder in your calendar to touch base a few times a year with past clients to see what else they might need or set up an automation so that two weeks and two months after someone purchases a product Emails deploy with more opportunities to purchase certain related items, and you're checking in and really honoring that relationship. Okay, finally, consider utilizing affiliate partnerships or links in your digital content. So at the beginning of the show, I talked about how many entrepreneurs start out with one main offer and this goal to master it. One aspect of mastery is painting yourself as an expert. And you can do that by sharing a little bit about your process or your behind the scenes or the things that you can't live without. Not only does it help your clients see, understand, and respect your process, but it also gives you another opportunity. If your business or brand has a blog or social media presence, which I highly recommend it does... Then you can create content that shares your process, your gear, or favorite things, and you can link up a few of those pieces as affiliate content that brings in extra dollars anytime someone purchases using your specific link or code. An affiliate link is basically like a refer a friend type code that gives you a kickback anytime someone takes your suggestion. So fun fact, my first rendezvous with affiliate marketing actually had nothing to do with photography. It was HelloFresh, which by the way, we still use to this day. I was recently on chat with them because we had something happen with one of our boxes and they were like, thank you for being a loyal customer for six years. I was like, wait, what? But my first affiliate marketing experience was with HelloFresh. And basically, I just shared how outsourcing our dinner prep and shopping was giving me back time and my audience took advantage of that tip. So while I didn't necessarily get cash back and earn extra income, I got a lot of free HelloFresh. Like basically we had free dinners for almost an entire year. So if you want to just see how I did this, or if you want to get hundred dollars off when you join, go to jennacutcher.com slash hellofresh. And you can see how I just made a quick little link that has my refer friend. It's an affiliate link. So I get a kickback, but you also save money. And so it can be this really mutually beneficial exchange. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So if affiliate marketing is something that you want to get into, I have tons and tons of content available on my blog and in the podcast archives about how to become an affiliate for brands you love. And a great one to start with is my blog post titled how to become an affiliate for your favorite brands. So if you go onto my blog, go to jennacutcherblog.com and go into the search bar and just type in the word affiliate, you're going to find so much content, but that post breaks down what to do and in what order to start promoting brands that you love and bringing in a little extra side income. The basic gist is to begin by promoting brands that you love for free as a service to your community at first before reaching out to see if they have a referral or affiliate program. The blog post also has this email template that you can customize and use to reach out to companies that don't have affiliate programs yet. Again, just go to my blog, type in how to become an affiliate for your favorite brands. You'll see that blog post. It is gold. Now, beyond just traditional affiliate programs, you can also sign up for programs like Reward Style or Amazon Affiliates and link to products you love from an assortment of retailers. These probably won't bring in giant dividends, but with consistency, they can begin to trickle in passive income that can absolutely make a difference over time. So if you're strategic about what you offer and how you promote your goods, you can quickly diversify your income as an entrepreneur and even build up these passive streams of income that work for you for years to come. I should also mention that simply sharing about your offers and doing so often in public spaces like social media or with your email list is an equally important way to boost your income. I think so many entrepreneurs unwittingly assume that their audience just knows what they have to offer because they shared about it once or twice or it's in their title or under their bio and in Instagram. And it's just not true. It is your job to be your own publicist, to shout your offers from the rooftops, and to do it often. While people may have a general idea of what you do, they might not know how to get in touch with you or to work with you, or maybe they're not sure which specific services you provide or ways that you can help or serve them. Plus, even if you've shared it before, there are always new eyes on your content or people who didn't see your posts in the past. It may feel repetitive to you, but to everyone else, it's great knowledge to have in case they ever need your services or know someone who might be the right fit. Continue finding ways to share your offers openly and enthusiastically because simply creating a habit of spreading your word about your own offers can work wonders for your bottom line. Whether it sparks immediate interest in a potential client or customer or plants the seed for the need that they might have later down the line, It will never, ever be a bad thing to toot your own horn and get your information out there for others to keep in their back pocket or share with people they know who might need it. Seriously, celebrate everything. Post as often as you can and share the different ways that you are bringing your gifts into the world. Again, we feel like everyone sees it, but remember, only three to five percent of your audience even sees what you're posting. And so you've got to share and reshare and share again and stay committed to that. Put on your publicist hat, get out there and market your gifts to the world. So I want to hear from you now. Did I miss anything? Come to my latest Instagram post at Gold Digger Podcast. Let me know your favorite way to diversify your income so that we can all continue learning from each other and getting creative as we aim to increase our revenue. I am cheering you on from over here and hoping you have a few new ideas to boost your income today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals.